Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you had a great weekend and uh, hope things are all running smoothly for you. Still all kinds of messes within our government and throughout our country. We always seem to have something. It's never even just something. It's always several things. And it gets kind of frustrating. The whole chaos we had with the Trump administration, uh, it's not as bad now as it was, but uh, we still need to tamp it down a little bit, get a little calmer for the summer so we can finally relax, enjoy life, enjoy our families and friends. So we'll see what happens. And since we're talking about families and friends, I wanted to bring something up before we got into the politics, because this is really about politics, and I think it's something that uh, many of us are dealing with, especially we older rational boomers. (laughs) We deal with plenty of boomers out there that are irrational, and maybe some of the younger people that are irrational, and uh, it's not always easy to deal with them, and I have one such situation. For the last four years, when Donald Trump's been in office, I've been pretty vocal about my (laughs) disdain for him and his politics. And I've done a lot of commenting and Facebook and Instagram and and, uh, uh, TikTok and here, of course. And uh, I know it annoys a certain group of people. In fact, that doesn't bother me in the least. If I can be a a thorn in their paw, (laughs) I'm fine with that. Somebody's got to do something to make them accountable for the bullshit they do. But inevitably, inevitably, we will all have people in our very own families that are opposite of what we think. The difference with me is I'm kind of in your face in the sense that I'm in social media talking about it all the time. And I had one such situation, and I've actually told this story before, but I'll tell it again because it takes me to a new step in the story. Around Christmas time, you know, COVID and people aren't able to get together like they once did. So my wife and I, this is my wife's idea, not my idea, my wife's idea to get together some gifts and maybe stop by individual houses of individual family members and drop off gifts, cards, say, hey, how you doing and not get too close and get the hell out. So we did that. And we happened to stop by my sister's house. Now, my sister, four years younger than I am, um, we get along fine now, but, you know, when we were younger, we really didn't get along much, just totally two different people. I mean, we coexisted together when we were at home with the family, but uh, just didn't really see eye to eye on many things. I think a lot of it has to do with she's dumb. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not really kidding, but you know what I mean. I'm not trying to be mean. She is my sister. Anyhow. 
we stop at my sister's house. My sister and my niece, who's about 18 years old, was there, and we're dropping the stuff off. My wife dropped off uh, like a runner she, she, she had made that was customized to them for their table. Um, she, she has this uh, machine where she does stuff and makes letters, and I don't even know what the name of it is anymore, but um, she made a customized pillow. It was actually very nice, and she dropped it off. So we're sitting there talking about nothing, and uh, it's going pretty well. And then my sister's husband comes home. Now, I've always been able to talk with the guy. I've known him since he's 17. It's not like he's new to my life. But he's a truck driver, and he's a huge trumper. Up to now, we've really never talked about it because, you know, it's just family stuff. We're not really talking about politics. And so we're talking, and we're in the middle of COVID, and um, he says something about all the places being closed. I said, yeah, that sucks. I, I hate not going out to dinner and doing all those sorts of things. And then he looks at me and he says, well, this governor is a tyrant. He's closed all these places. And he starts getting angry about it. So I look at him as nice as can be. And I say, well, yeah, but, you know, if it had been handled at the top, meaning the president, properly, we wouldn't even be here right now. We'd be done with this. Now, that's a pretty uh, fairly innocuous comment and and pretty low-key for me. I didn't want to wade in in an argument. It's Christmas. I'm at my sister's house. I just want to get the hell out of there. But I had to say something because what he was saying was so absolutely stupid. That's just me. (laughs) I'm sure my wife would have held her tongue, but I'm incapable of that. So at that point, he just fucking explodes. I mean, he's upset. I've never seen him get mad at me like that before. I mean, under normal circumstances, he would never do that. My my sister certainly would never do that because she knows I'm just not the person to do that to. But anyways, he explodes, and I'm wondering, what's going on with you? Why are you so upset? And then he lays it out for me. He says, I've been watching you for four years put down Donald Trump, our president, and I'm getting tired of it. You said evangelicals were the enemy of the country, and Trump fans were just toothless redneck idiots. So (laughs) my wife's really uncomfortable here. My sister's uncomfortable. My niece is uncomfortable. Uh, But I've dealt with this kind of personality before, a narcissist, uh, self-centered guy that loves to go off the deep end. I said, I said, dude, I've never said any of these things to you. He said, I've seen you posted on Facebook. (laughs) He doesn't really have a Southern accent, but it works well. (laughs) So anyway, I said, dude, you don't even have Facebook or Instagram. He goes, I saw it. Okay, what are you looking at, your uh, wife's Facebook or whatever? I said, dude, you you don't have to read what I write. He says, but you were saying bad things about me and my people. I said, I'd never mentioned your name once. He said, you said evangelicals are the enemy of the country. And I said, yeah, yeah, I pretty much said that. And he says, we're evangelicals and you know better than... See, the thing is, when you're talking to somebody like this, having had a father similar to this, I know exactly how to deal with them. They want to whip this up into chaos. They want to get angry. They want a yelling match because then they think they can win. 
But what I learned for all the years living with my father was you do just the opposite. You stay cool, calm. That messes them up because they don't know what to deal with it. It makes them more angry, but it kind of neutralizes them at the same time. So he says that about the evangelicals. I said, yeah, that's true. (laughs) And then he said, "Uh, you said all the Trump fans were redneck, toothless idiots. (laughs) And I said, uh, and then he kind of smiles at me to show me his teeth. (laughs) It's getting silly after a while. (laughs) And so... I looked at him, and I'm a smart ass at heart. I said, "I said, yeah, I did say redneck, toothless idiots." And then he he was smiling at me, and I said, "Well, you know, I'll give you this: you do seem to have all your teeth." <laughs> he goes, "Oh yeah, I'm a redneck." I said, "Well, good for you, especially if you're proud of it." He said, "I want you to hold on right there." I go, "Okay." So he gets up, he walks away from the table. I'm thinking, what's this guy going to do? I'm not really afraid of him because I've known him since since he was 17. I could have beat his ass then. I could beat his ass now. But who knows? He might be getting a gun. But thankfully, it wasn't a gun. He goes back. (laughs) And this is why, to me, it's funny almost. He goes back. He comes out. He sits down in front of me, gives me this mean mug look, and slaps on a (laughs) Trump 2020 hat. And I look at him, I go, wow, quite dramatic. I said, what's your point here? And what he's really trying to do is intimidate me so that I go back on what I said and apologize and beg for forgiveness. Well, anybody that knows me knows that's never going to happen. I know what I'm saying when I'm saying it. I've thought about it before I said it, and I'm going to stand behind it regardless of who doesn't like it. Now, that might piss off a lot of people, but at least I'm being true to myself. I'm talking about those things that I think are true. And if you're going to have some integrity, say like Liz Cheney, you're going to stick by it regardless of whatever heat that you might run into by spewing the truth. So he's there and he's trying to rant and rave and I'm not buying into it. I'm just kind of smirking. And my wife told me, said that smirk might have been the problem. I said, well, okay, but I thought this stuff was funny, so it was kind of funny. And so he's ranting and raving, and I'm just going along. I say, yeah, I said that, I said that, I said that. So now this guy is totally nonplussed. He's upset. He doesn't know what to do. He can't pull me into the argument. He can't get me yelling and screaming so he can battle on his level, on his turf. So now he's heated so much. That he gets up (laughs) and he goes and grabs that runner that my wife had given them from Christmas. He walks by me and he throws it at me. Well, now this runner is like three ounces. (laughs) It touches my leg. It does, you know, it does nothing. And I look at him. I go, really? (laughs) That's where you're going to go with this? (laughs) So now he's even madder. And he walks over to the pillow. He grabs up the pillow. and He looks at me real mean like, you know what I mean? He walks over to the door, throws it in the front yard. Now his wife's getting pissed off because my wife gave it to her. It wasn't his, and she's angry about it. But she's still not really wading into this much, and I'm not sure why. So he throws it out the front door, and I look at him. I go, dude, it's your fucking pillow. I don't care. You're not hurting my feelings any. (laughs) 
So we go on with this debate. And he looks at me and goes, I'm just tired of all you and your Facebook and your transgendered friends. And I look at him, I go, what? Say that again. And he looks kind of weird because he knew he's overstepped his bounds. And I said, did you say transgendered? I said, dude, I may have some transgendered friends. I don't care. I may have some transgendered friends that I don't even know are transgendered. I don't care. But did you really just say that? Is that the stupidest thing that ever's come out of your mouth and now are you ashamed? No, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> okay, that's the story. It was hilarious. I walked out of there. And the moment I walked out of there, I swore my, my wife was going to tear into me for starting that fight. And I didn't really start the fight. He was the one screaming. I was just sitting there agreeing with what I said. I really thought she was going to tear into me. But we get to the car, <laughs> and she looks at me and goes, I cannot believe that motherfucker. I go, you're not mad at me? She goes, no, you're right. I go, wow, this is a first. You know, if she thinks I could have slowed this thing down or not turned it into a shit show, it would have been my fault. But she agreed with me. She thought what he did was out, out, out of line and ridiculous, and it was. It was way over the top, wasn't necessary. We were there just to drop off some gifts. By the way, they never dropped off any gifts to us, so <laughs> not that they have to, and not that I want them at the house. So that's the story that leads up to the situation we are in now. Now, his daughter, my niece, is 18 years old, and she has a graduation party. Something about moms and graduation parties. They have to be big. They have to be perfect. And everybody has to come. So my sister calls my wife. She would never call me. She never does anything in front of me. She can give people shit. She can start stuff. But if I'm around, she won't do it. Because she knows I won't be having it. And I won't hold back. That's what bullies do. They don't do it in front of other people that will push back. They'll only do it to people that won't fight or are defenseless. So she calls up and she says, uh, <laughs> she says, are you coming to, the, to, uh, to her graduation, my, my niece's graduation? And he says, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. She goes, is it about this Christmas thing? She goes, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much is it. Uh, he said, Mike, Mike said that he'll send a card to the niece with a nice, uh, cash gift and wish her the best, but he won't be at the, uh, the party. And, uh, I have to support him on this. I, I'm with him on it. Well, why doesn't he want to come? And the, the first nice answer is that, uh, that, uh, I don't want to ruin my niece's party. And what I mean by that is clearly this, this father of hers has a tough time holding his temper. And we don't need some kind of blow up like this, even if I don't do anything, at my niece's, my niece's graduation. That's crazy. Why would we want to do that? And she says, well, uh, what if we just don't talk about politics? And uh, <laughs> Cindy says, we weren't talking about politics at Christmas either, but somehow John dragged us into it and then lost his shit. No, we're not coming. We're sending a card. We're sending money. That's all we're doing. 
what about the rest of the family? I go, I don't know what the rest of the family is. I don't care. I even told my wife, I said, hey, if you want to go, that's fine. I don't care. I'm just personally not going to go because I'm not going to walk into somebody's house again and be ambushed. Now, that said, if I have a party out of my place for the family, they're welcome to come, but they better fucking behave like I expect them to behave in my house. Otherwise, they will be gone. But I'm not going back on his turf. So there's all this hubbub whether we're going to the graduation party. And I just said no. And I, I'm, I'm wondering if there aren't some people out there that are in similar situations. In these past four years, there's been such wedges driven between family members and friends and that sort of thing. Normal circumstances will come up, and now you really have to question whether you're going to participate in it or not. And what I found out about Trump fans, clearly they are delusional. Clearly they don't listen to facts or reason or any of that sort of thing. So it makes no sense to argue with them. It's hard to have respect for these people. And if I don't, I just can't engage with them. Even if it were my closest friend or my, my uh, brother-in-law, I can't engage with them if they just don't see reality. If they don't understand it. They can have somebody damaging this country and democracy and stand by them. And not only stand by them, but fight ruthlessly against people who just want the truth and want it right. I can't see myself engaging with these people. So I'm not going to the graduation. My uh, wife's not going to the graduation. Maybe some other family members. They know about the circumstances. Um, but I told my, my wife is really iffy about this. She's going, well, I feel bad. I don't want to hurt the niece and all this other stuff. I said, let me ask you something. If the tables had been turned and I went off on somebody like he did me, what would you do? She says, well, I would have called him back, apologized, and tried to smooth things over. I said, exactly. I said, when's the last time you heard from my sister? He goes, well, the night we, on Christmas. I said, so since Christmas today, we have not heard one thing from her. And now she wants something. She wants people to come to her graduation party. And she knows, as the oldest brother, if I wanted to, I could have some sway over my other siblings to stop them from coming, which I won't do. I will not do. If they want to go, they can go. Um, it's just, it's personal to me. It's a situation I was in. Anybody else can do whatever they want. I'm fine with it. But my sister never made any effort to smooth anything over, even though her husband was wrong since Christmas to now, and now she needs people to come to a graduation party. I said, she obviously supports him, and that's fine if she wants to. She's his wife. But she doesn't see anything wrong with that circumstances. She didn't think it went badly or that they might be a fall for it. So if they don't care... And if they only respond to you or talk to you when they need something, take that for what it's worth. She never called me. She never called my wife. Not even to call me up and say, Mike, you're a dick and you acted horribly, which I didn't. She could have done that, but she said nothing as if it never happened. And that in itself to me tells me it's not worth going to the graduation party. 
Like I said, I have a party out here. I'll have one in June. All the family will be over. They're invited if they want to. If they don't want to come, cool. But if they do come, they better behave properly. And they got a problem, too, is because everybody in my family thinks like me except for my sister and my brother-in-law. So now you're on my turf. Now you're going to have to behave properly or just don't come. We'll see what they do when it comes to uh, the party in June. (laughs) I, I, I will talk about personal stuff on this every so often because I'm not afraid to talk about personal stuff. People are always really secretive. I, heard, I, I, I figured out something about being secretive. I said, if you're secretive, then people are always trying to dig and find out what you, what you did or what you know or who you are. But if you tell them everything, they got nothing. And so th- that situation is troubling to a lot of people around me, and I don't really give a shit. What happened, happened. I don't like the guy. I don't trust the guy, and I don't want to engage with the guy again because it's a no-win situation. I can't change this idiot's mind. I can't change any Trumper's mind. So it becomes to a point where you just disregard them until they finally fade away. They'll always be there. But you got to take them out of the mix, you know. you got to not allow them to have a seat at the table. Put them in their place with the kids' table so they don't have to speak to adults. All right, enough of that. I've ranted about that long enough. Let's talk about some of uh, the political things that are going on. Of course, we know that Joel Green pleaded out today, brought his 33 charges down to six charges. So you know Joel Green was on the hook for decades and decades of probably a lifetime imprisonment. So he had to do something. He had to do anything. But to get it down to six, six charges, he had to give up a lot. A lot. They aren't going to just give that away if he's already pretty much proved to be guilty on those 33 charges. So we've been talking about his connection to Matt Gates. They're buddies. They're bros. They hang out together. They talk with the ladies. <laughs> well, they got to pay them, but <laughs> they're hanging out with the ladies. So we know that that Joel Green has admitted, and he wrote a wrote a um, a um, confession letter saying that he paid for and slept with a bunch of women. One of them was under seven, was seventeen, under eighteen, and that Matt Gates did it too. Actually, did it a number of times. There's also information about Matt Gates doing coke and being in hotel rooms. He expensed to campaign funds. This guy's in a whole hell of a lot of trouble. A whole hell of a lot of trouble. And a lot of us are looking at Matt Gates as the big fish. You know, they might go after some other people in the Republican Party in Florida because that's something that get mis- gets missed occasionally. Now, this investigation into Joel Green involves a number of Republicans from Florida. They're not saying who yet, but a number of Republicans from Florida. So who knows who they're investigating? And when you talk about Florida and you talk about politics, we know it's very dirty. Now, we presume that Matt Gates is the big fish that they're leading up to, and probably that's true. But now there's some rumors that other names of note might crop up. 
I don't know if this is true at all, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. I've seen no facts on this, but people are throwing around the idea that Ron DeSantis, the governor, might be amongst those being investigated. Now, I haven't seen the documentation that proves that, but when you think of Ron DeSantis, you think about Florida, and you think about the potential offenses, you can kind of see it, can't you? Can't you? So, is Matt Gates the big fish, or is Ron DeSantis? You know, he's talking about running for president, or at least vice president, under Donald Trump. I don't know. This thing in Florida could wind up being, a, well, it is already a big mess. We know Gates and Joel Greenberg are going to get nailed. Matt G- Gates is in a real bad way at this point. I, I don't see how he can get out of any of it with any amount of money. He is too high profile, and these crimes, um, underage sexual trafficking, are pretty troubling. If there's any hint that he's involved in that, he's going down, and chances are he was involved. So we'll see what happens. This is going to start to move a little faster now. Now the uh, plea deal is in. Ultimately, Joel Greenberg is going to get sentenced. But from what I understand is they'll probably delay that sentence until the rest of the investigations are done. Because you see, he's going to need to testify with the likes of Matt Gates or any other Republican members that are indicted in Florida. And he's going to need to perform the way he promised he'd perform before they're going to sentence him. So they're not just going to sentence him, give him the deal, and then he's going to clam up. He's going to have to perform at these trials and with information about these people before he gets sentenced. Now, he does have six um, charges against him. But he could get the max on all six of them and still be in some deep-ass trouble. So that's what's going to happen in Florida. And it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. We know Matt Gates is on the hook. And we know Matt Gates is probably, um, probably guilty. That would be my guess, just knowing him. It was funny. I did a a TikTok about Matt Gates. Matt Gates is big on the immigrants. Don't let the immigrants in. We can't let immigrants in. Build the goddamn wall. Well, he made a statement one time saying, you know, we should drug test every immigrant that comes in this country. And uh, that's interesting. That's logistically doesn't make any sense. You couldn't do that. It would take up too much time and too much money. And uh, you just couldn't do it. But now we hear that Matt Gates is doing cocaine with some hooker in a bathroom of a hotel room that he wrote off as a campaign expense. Boy, that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> that's Matt Gates thinking he can do anything he wants to at any time to anybody, any way. And that always comes crashing down. But I suggested, well, if Matt Gates is like this and we've got other people similar to him and, you know, people in the Republican and Democratic Party that might be a little suspect, maybe we should have a drug test for all members of Congress. 
before they enter the U.S. Capitol. And while we're doing that, maybe we should all give them lie detectors on certain things. Like, was there election fraud? Was this election legitimate? And again, I'm not talking about just limiting it to the Republicans. That's where you'll get most of the action. But do the Democrats, too. We've had our issues with Democrats in the past. It's just the Democrats right now are the ones that can get us out from under these crazy frickin' um, Trumplicans. They're not even Republicans at this point. So we'll see what happens in Florida. <laughs> I feel sorry for Matt Gates. Not really. He's going to get everything he deserved. Let's talk about taxes a little bit. I did a TikTok about this. It's always tough to get it all in one 60-second time period. So it's a good chance with a podcast to expand on it. Whenever you talk to Republicans, they talk about how great the economy was when Donald Trump was in. Well, the economy's better now. It was better under Obama. Um, unemployment was better under Obama. Um, they're breaking records on Wall Street. But the thing you have to understand about Wall Street, you can't really give that much credit to a president or or blame them that much when it comes to Wall Street. Wall Street is kind of what it is. Now, they can determine what the hopes and dreams are on Wall Street because it's all speculative. Uh, so if things look good, it's going to go up. If things look bad, it's going to go down. Right now, Wall Street's feeling pretty good with the stimulus bill and some of the other things ready to happen with Joe Biden. So it's it's gotten higher than it's ever gotten before. But really, the concern is, what about Main Street? Wall Street is fine. If it goes well, and maybe your 401ks are good, cool. But what about Main Street? What about what's in our pockets? Now, the Republicans will always rant and rave and brag about the tax cut they gave us, the middle class. But what they don't tell you about that tax cut is, first of all, about 85% of it went to rich people. They got most of the money. We basically got crumbs. And we might have saved a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there. But there were some takeaways from that giving to us. They also took away a number of write-offs. And as you're doing your taxes right now, you're really realizing, oh, shit. Last year I got money back. Now I'm putting money in. Who do you blame? Well, you blame Donald Trump and the Republicans, not Joe Biden. None of the tax issues that are being played out right now have anything to do with Biden. It was all what Donald Trump and the Republicans set up. So they give you crumbs. They take away a bunch of write-offs, which is intangible money. That's the the problem with Trumplicans is is they're very simple and short-sighted. I'm giving you three hundred bucks, so I'm your hero. They're not telling you, and they don't care if you're going to take five hundred from them in write-offs. But the one thing they definitely did not tell people, or at least make it well known, I know Democrats tried to mention this, but nobody paid attention, is that the write-off or the tax cuts for the rich were permanent. $2 trillion this year, $2 trillion next year. That's what they're getting. We got the crumbs, but ours was temporary. Yeah, we weren't getting it forever. 
just temporary. We lost write-offs, and our tax cut was temporary. So you know what's happened? Our taxes, the middle class, have now gone up because that tax cut is gone. It was temporary up through 2021. Now it's gone. So your taxes, if you're in the middle class, have gone up. They'll try to blame it on Joe Biden, but the fact of the matter is it came from that wonderful tax cut in 2017. They're going to take all this stuff away from you, but it's so far out there, nobody really thought about it. Well, here we are. Here we are, and now they're taken from you again. And that's how they fool the Trumplicans every time. Show them a shiny nickel and then take $100 from them when they're not looking. That's exactly what the Republicans do. And that's unfortunately how stupid some people are. They buy that every goddamn time. So anyways, they gave us this tax cut and essentially $2 trillion to the rich people permanently. But now Joe Biden wants to do an infrastructure bill of $2 trillion. Now, I'm I'm going to tell you this. I'm convinced of this. Joe picked $2 trillion. Everybody else in the Democrats said, we need four, we need six, we need ten. But Joe's smart. He's trying to build momentum, so he's going to take it in increments so that he can slowly shove it down these people's throat. But he picked $2 trillion because that's exactly the amount that the rich people are getting. Now, you know, the rich people that uh, are just going to take the money, piss it away, enrich themselves, no trickle down, not build businesses, not pay more money to their employees. We know that because it's been like that for 40 years. So he decided to take this $2 trillion to wipe out that tax cut. So you could say, oh, he's raising taxes, but he's only raising taxes on the rich. And how is he doing that? By taking away what Donald Trump and the Republicans ridiculously gave them in the first place. So for us, is he really raising taxes? No. No. Because the middle class is staying the same. We don't even have a tax cut anymore. But he's taking the tax cut away from the rich, and he's going to put it into the infrastructure. So it's a real easy question. If you've got $2 trillion in a bucket, and you have to do something with it, what do you decide? Your first choice is to give it to rich people. Like I say, they'll piss it away, enrich themselves, do no good for this country. Or you can take that same $2 trillion and put it into infrastructure, build bridges and roads and help people, give it back to the middle class, create jobs. It seems like a real easy answer. And if you put it to a Republican, how do they explain it away? You got $2 trillion dollars. Biden's just taking away the tax cut the rich people already had. And they had a nice deal before the tax cut. There was no reason to give them a tax cut. The economy was good. You don't give tax cuts when the economy is good. But Donald Trump didn't give a shit because he's got a bunch of rich people that he wants to pay off. So they help him in the long run. So Joe Biden set this up perfectly. He's he's not raising taxes on the country. He's raising taxes on the assholes that got a ridiculous tax break that they didn't deserve and certainly didn't need. And he's saying, I'm taking it back and I'm giving it to the people. Sit me in front of any Republican. If I can explain it to them like that, I would love to see how they talk their way out of it.
Joe Biden has said he's going to raise taxes, but only on people making $400,000 and above. The Republicans say, no, that's a red line. We're not raising taxes. So the Republicans are essentially saying, we're not raising taxes because we don't want to stop giving money to people who don't need it, and we don't want to give it to the middle class. These are the same people that we fight for the middle class. We're working for the middle class. But they're taking our money, giving it to the rich people. And when they have the opportunity to take the money from the rich people and give it to the country and to the middle class, they refuse to do it. They think it's appalling that you would even think to do that. So if you think about what's going on, You have to break it down in simple terms to understand it. Everything's always so convoluted. They talk in circles. They'll tell you things that aren't true, or they'll tell you things that were slightly askew, so you don't get it. At some point, somebody's got to sit down and lay it out straight. What are the actual numbers of this deal, and who gets what, and who who gets charged what? And this is what we did just here now, and we'll see what's, what's going to happen. Last thing I wanted to bring up. There is going to be a Supreme Court case regarding the state of Mississippi and them banning abortions for 15 weeks. Now, when Mississippi decided to ban these abortions, they knew it was unconstitutional. You can't legally do it because the Constitution says otherwise. But they did this to take it to court. You have to understand, evangelicals and these Trumplicans, they are one-issue party. The evangelicals especially. They will let them do anything. Rape women, steal, lie, cheat. They don't care as long as they get that Roe versus Wade bill overturned. The abortion bill. For whatever reason, that's their one focus. Now, When kids are born, they don't want to do shit for them. They don't care. They don't give them any money. They don't give them any food. They don't care. But they're single-minded on this abortion bill. And I'll be honest with you. When somebody asks me about abortion, I just say, that's over my head, man. That's, that's, I I can't answer it. When I was a young man, I thought, oh, abortions, yeah, cool. Because I didn't know any better. Then I had kids. And then I think to myself, well, how could you have abortions? But I could never be a radical anti-abortionist because at the same time, I understand that people should have autonomy over their bodies. A woman should be able to have a choice and should not be punished for making a choice with her own body. You see the problem here? I don't like abortion. I don't like the idea of killing kids or babies or infants or, or, or fetuses or whatever you want to call them. I understand that. I don't like that, obviously. But at the same time, I don't want to tell another human being, you can't do something with that. It's your body. It's funny, they all say, it's my body, I don't have to wear a mask. But when it comes to abortion, you can't control your own body. This is a a very tough question, the abortion thing, and I won't even get into it because it's way over my head. I don't have an official opinion. I can see both sides of it. I don't even want to deal with it because I don't know if that question can ever be answered. But right now, abortion is legal. They did this 
to take it to the Supreme Court because it's their attempt to overturn Roe v. Wade. And when Donald Trump put those uh, those conservative Supreme Court justices on the court, that was their intent. That was the whole game here. That's what the evangelicals want. Get more conservatives on the Supreme Court and then test it like here in Mississippi with these 15-week abortion ban. And let's test it and let's get this Roe v. Wade overturned. That's what they're doing. That's all they're about. That's the only issue they care about. That's why they will allow Donald Trump to do anything. And anybody around Donald Trump can do, say, anything, even though it might go against the Bible, might go against God. It doesn't matter as long as we get that abortion issue overturned. It's a mess. And like I say, it's above my pay grade. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I don't. But I do have trouble with people focusing on one issue and willing to do anything else, illegal or otherwise, to get what they want. That, to me, is troublesome, and that's something we have to address. So we got a lot of stuff going on in this country. we got a lot of people still adversarial, still fighting, from family members to people on the street. I'm hoping that in time we can get things settled down and and get back to more how we were when it was normal. That's not to say racism and all this stuff was gone. It was not. It was there. It was just brought to the surface by the likes of Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Now they think it's okay. Now they want to incite and fight against it because they think they have free reign. Well, Donald Trump is gone. But we as a people need to focus on that whether it be evangelicals or Trumplicans or Republicans, we need to fight back so that we get some uh, stability and, and normalcy back into this country. We can't continue living in a chaotic situation, not for our sake and not for our kids' sake or our grandkids' sake. This country runs better when people get along and cooperate, and we have a Congress right now that refuses, one party refuses to deal with the other. That's not what Congress was about. It was about compromise and negotiation. We're not getting that now. So all one side can do is shove it down the other side's throat. If the other side gets, uh, gets power, they'll do the same back. It's ridiculous. Not how this country is supposed to be run. So it's kind of on us to push back, insist that our leadership starts thinking properly and doing the right things so that we can finally get things straightened out in this country. It's kind of fucked up right now, I'll tell you that. I mean, it's getting better, restaurants are opening, COVID is starting to go away, and that's cool. But we still have a lot of issues personally in how we deal with one another in this country. So if you have any questions, comments, by all means, you can go to the anchor.fm app. You can leave a voicemail message. You can email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Please feel free to make questions or comments to me, and I'll incorporate them into the program. Um, One bit of information, too. I've been getting a lot of heat, and I've been trying real hard because it was a pain in the ass. But I also got the Rational Boomer podcast listed on the Apple podcast, which is probably one of the bigger podcast uh, apps there are 
So for those of you that wanted it on the Apple Podcast, it is there now, as well as Stitcher and uh, Pocket Cast and Castbox, uh, Castbox and Google Podcast and and uh, Spotify. It's on all of those. It's on every one I can possibly think of. So if you have a favorite app that you want to access your podcast, podcast, you can do that with the Rational Bod Podcast at this point. Well, now I'm getting to the point where I'm getting kind of loopy, talking too much, too long. So I'm going to wrap it up here. I want you to have a great week, and we'll be talking to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.